0: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Jerry Abiyog. Jerry is the co-founder of Standard Insights, an AI as a service growth marketing platform that helps businesses execute data-driven omnichannel campaigns. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Hey Roman, thanks for having me. I love that name, Digital Savage. I heard that a lot in jujitsu, so love that name, rings a bell.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for stopping by today. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where to you are today and co-founding the company?
1: Yeah. So I um, graduated college in the mid-90s. I'm 48 years old. So I have roughly 25 years in sales marketing experience. Had my last corporate job around 2010, 2011. So it's going on uh, 10 years now since I've been on my own when I left the corporate world, started my own business with helping software companies with sales and marketing initiatives. So along the way, I've had some awesome clients that have had successful exits. And the one thing that got me to my journey right now and found co-founding this company, Standard Insights, was actually started from a failure from one of my clients. And so this was going back four or five years ago. This client brought me on to help With sales and marketing initiatives was an AI and machine learning startup but it went off the rails I mean we had um one million dollars in funding and it didn't go anywhere we couldn't even get you know any customers onboarded that's how bad and you know how much of a failure it was but through failure they say comes growth and I learned two things at that point in time you know number one doesn't matter what technology you are selling or promoting, but if it's not easy to use, intuitive, no one's going to buy it. I mean, you could have the best idea in the world, but if no one's buying your your your, your technology, it doesn't mean anything. And number two, I didn't realize it back then, but there was something that was bubbling beneath the surface with regards to AI and machine learning uh, technologies. And now there's some studies that indicate that it's going to be a $400 $400 billion industry in five years. So back then, if you were to talk to someone about AI, maybe two out of 10, two or three people may have heard of it. Now it's up to six and seven. And given the light of what's going on right now in the whole world, that's even going to grow. So two years ago, through serendipitous events, I met my future co-founder who's uh, living in India, but he was visiting here in Atlanta. He used to live here. He used to work for a, f- a Fortune 50 company. Met him through mutual friends. He pitched me this idea, thought uh, it was there was something there, something good. Took it out to a trade show, outdoor retail in Colorado. Came back to Atlanta, had, um, had our first trial customers and we've been off to the races ever since. This was two years ago.
0: Uh, it's awesome. I think you're right about kind of the um, the more in the spotlight of AI, even with the whole pandemic thing and incorporations of AI and different functions to improve and better your business, especially when everybody is remote. I actually read an article on LinkedIn this morning in terms of uh, AI chatbots replacing a lot of call centers in this mm-hmm. common crisis. And obviously, there's so many applications I actually use a AI uh, platform to treat audio for my show. So it's yeah. uh, ha- having kind of an audio engineer where it goes and treats and has algorithms where it uh, meets kind of professional standards in that sense and basically saves me that task in terms of outsourcing the audio.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are one of the benefits of AI. It just helps. doesn't matter what you do. I mean, it, it can be applied to a bunch of different things, but it just helps make whatever task you assign it better.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what are some of the ways that the platform kind of helps uh, businesses?
1: Yeah, so one of the ways, number one, it helps businesses execute data-driven campaigns, whether that's an email, text, and social media. So in essence, we help businesses run campaigns based on signs um, instead of... Um, best guess and as we're seeing right now given what the world is experiencing that we're learning to act and uh respond to things based on data because the data you know it's not lying yeah we're, we're humans and we tend to gravitate towards what makes us feel better but that doesn't always solve problems or in this case drive sales for your business i mean you have to look at the data what's made you successful in the past and what's going to make you successful in the future.
0: Yeah, I agree. And in some cases, is it obviously a supplement for existing running campaigns or could this also replace some of the uh, kind of internal functions and maybe internal roles at a company in terms of a digital marketing department?
1: Yeah, it's um, yeah, either or. And what we like to help companies with, uh, I mean, there's a lot of awesome data tools out there. But if you just have data sitting in the garage, if you have a, a car just sitting in a garage and never drive it anywhere, it doesn't really mean anything. So what we help companies with is not only the you know analysis part, but on the other side, the execution under one roof, under one platform.
0: That's awesome. So what motivates you to succeed?
1: I mean, just to get better each and every day, whether it's, you know, personal life or professional
0: life? Yeah, I think it's a a ever changing kind of growing uh, aspect. I think the biggest battle is against yourself. People often compare themselves to those around them in terms of other companies, you know, other founders, co-founders, different situations personally and professionally. But at the end of the day, it's what you can do to improve yourself and grow as a person, both professionally and personally.
1: Yeah, it's, it's easier said than done. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, in my younger days, it's like my, um, you know, how, what I thought competitive meant or getting better meant was was beating the other guy. You know, so I've, I dabbled in things like uh, endurance races, Ironmans and ultras is like, okay, can I beat the other guy? Or in, or in jujitsu, can I beat the other guy? And I think for me, and I'm not always perfect that as you get older and and learn more, it's it's about you know bettering yourself. It's not always beating the competition. Hey, what uh, you know other AI tools are out there? I mean, obviously we study our competitors, but if we can make things better for our platform, and in turn that helps out our customers, you know helps them grow. So it's about at the end of the day, it's making yourself better. What you can control.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's you versus you, and like you said, it's improving yourself. And like you said, it's easier said than done because there's a lot of shiny things around you, especially in social media, people in terms of kind of promoting their accolades or kind of the highlight reel of their life. And you kind of get drawn into that as a human being. I mean, everybody kind of has that consciousness in terms of, you know, what am I doing right or wrong? Why is this person ahead of me? But it's a constant kind of reset uh, mentally to... You know, you're on your own road and your own journey and regardless if you're taking a big step or a small step, as long as you're bettering yourself and like you said, in terms of a business, if you have a a product, a software making it better for the end user and making uh, the pain points an end user is facing a lot smoother and saving them time and adding kind of to that bottom line as well.
1: Yeah, how our software looked like when we first started two years ago was different than last year. And I'm willing to bet that how our software looks like today will be different a year from now.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, companies over time, if you look at the kind of the Fortune 100 over the last maybe 50, 60 years, majority of them aren't in it anymore because, you know, they either came up with something or had a product and thought they were the biggest and best and kind of got into a complacent kind of mindset. And didn't really innovate, and then people swooped in that did it better or faster, and kind of they disappeared over time.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to take a look, last time the you know we faced something major was the um, the Great Recession, right? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and what was popular back then? Blockbuster Video. People would go rent uh, movies, DVDs, and the small guy, you know, Netflix, where you could. At that point, it was just those DVD machines at the um, at the grocery store. But fast forward, you know, 10 years later, what's everyone binging on right now during, during this um, situation? They're binging on Netflix. Where is Blockbuster? Well, they're nowhere to be found. It's just those little ideas that no one really thought about back then, 2008, 2009. If I said, hey, Roman, it's 2008. Hey, Hey, don't rent that movie. You know, just pull it up online. You probably laugh at it, you know, but look where Netflix, where they are right now and where's Blockbuster.
0: Yeah. And I think there's actually an example where uh, Blockbuster was still kind of, you know, top and Netflix started going into the market. Blockbuster had a chance, I believe, to buy Netflix and kind of laughed it off. And now I think there's one Blockbuster video Uh, left somewhere in like the Midwest or somewhere. And it's like you said, same thing with kind of uh, Toys R Us. It was a, you know, household name. They didn't innovate. They didn't really have a, uh, you know, that big of an e-commerce presence. They didn't present an experience in the stores or capitalize on the things that they were selling. And, you know, people went to Walmart, Amazon online and they pretty much disappeared. So if you don't innovate, you know, people move on and go elsewhere.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, you made a good point. If they don't innovate, um, you know, your company's going to be toast. I think we're seeing some sort of trans- another transformation, if you will, with regards to text spacing, the ability to work from home, uh, changing, uh, you know, moving things from the server to the cloud, and then in my case, AI tools to help drive up your mark, you know, your marketing and sales.
0: Yeah, and I think overall, all of that are is positive because. Now with uh, other companies, I think I heard Twitter is letting people work remotely almost 100% of the time, even after, you know, this whole pandemic, you know, work from home, uh, stay at home orders subsides. And that actually, in my opinion, opens up to a lot greater talent pools. So often if, you know, a company is headquartered in New York, you know, usually they'll have someone work, you know, three, four, maybe two days in Manhattan or whatever in New York City, and then maybe travel or work from home. But now for a role that is coming out of maybe a headquarters office in New York, you can find somebody in Canada, Mexico, Brazil at, you know, competitive rates and and maybe even of a higher talent pool than you would focusing on a specific geographic area.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. There was an article the other day that with the real estate prices and everything that's going on in, in the Bay Area, it's going to be a tectonic shift where now these tech workers don't have to live in the bay area i mean they could live as you mentioned around the country in cheaper areas or even around the globe so yeah it's going to be force businesses and companies to think how they're doing their you know their current business model
0: yeah and it's like the behavior change based on this you know global event like you mentioned the recession so i pretty much got into digital marketing as a result of that recession i graduated yeah. with a degree in criminal justice and everybody froze hiring and i was presented an opportunity and pivoted and ran with it ever since and got a lot of opportunities in that field not in my own company and so on and so forth so i think a lot of people are still panicking of what's going to be next but just utilizing this time to innovate grow and come out of it with you know, added value or give value to people that are, you know, in kind of a fear state. There's at least 10 to 12 kind of unicorn companies that came out of that recession that are now billion-dollar companies, and they'll be during this pandemic as well. So just people taking the opportunity and having kind of the courage to step forward and run with it.
1: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I think now we're like two months in, maybe two and a half, depending on where you live. But You know, two months ago in March, it was more maybe fear-based, okay, what's going on now? But now, two months in, it's like, hey, we've got to do something. What are we, you know, what are we going to do? And even if you look on LinkedIn, the, the messaging has changed that, hey, it's not so much, you know, staying in bed, you know, covers over your face. But now it's people are starting to, you know, all right, what's going on? How can we do things different? How can we improve? And take advantage of this situation.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, what's one weakness you may have seen in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
1: I mean, for myself, it's balance. I'm still working on it. Um, just my mentality, right? All right, I'll, I'll work, you know, twenty four seven, but uh, to to accomplish my goals. But realizing, you know, as you get older. this this isn't my entire life right hey i've got to spend time with them you know um my better half and you know uh, be present when you know especially in weekday nights and you know on the weekends but i'd say finding balance is not quite a strength yet but i'm getting better
0: yeah and that's
1: all i'm consuming. yeah you know
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's hard to do. I mean, people often talk about that work-life balance, but there's never a 50-50, even split. You always have to sacrifice either professionally or personally and move that kind of weight in one direction or another and see what actually works for you. You know, your working environment, like you said, maybe now you work from home a lot where you had an office. So that frees up time during the day to do certain things, you know, spend time together on A lunch break because now you're at home or go for a walk or start off your day together instead of having to commute so there's these things that are you know brought about by kind of the changing times and the climate we're in and and just in general the situation I think it's there's no kind of right answer for that I think it's right what's right for you as an individual at that current time So maybe, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you had a different mindset in terms of what was important to you or who you had in your life or what the goals were. And obviously that's not a set target. That's a moving target. And it changed with changes with priorities, things that happen in your life and, you know, your goals, you know, you may actually sell this company and move on to another project or whatever, or start another company. And it's just kind of defined, but what you're currently, you know, what your current life is and what you're actually handling
1: and you said something a moving target so it's whether it's in business or life things are always a moving target you know you do your best to anticipate and prioritize and execute the the target in front of you but realize that it's not always set in stone that you may have to make some adjustments here and there
0: yep i agree uh and it's one of those things you have to either adjust professionally or personally And figure out sometimes, obviously, if you go super hard professionally, you get burned out. A lot of the time you can figure out things where you can automate and outsource or find somebody to take up things that are redundancies that are, you know, ongoing or tasks that happen over and over again, where you can focus kind of on the high level, tactical, strategic things that, you know, usually people are passionate about as well and free up time that way.
1: Yeah. So one thing that, and speaking of, a, uh, you know, adjusting. So this time last year, if you were to have talked to me, I could have presented you, uh, you know, one of our apps like, Hey Roman, what it is. It's a contactless menu diner app where you can walk into a restaurant or a particular restaurant. You can download their, uh, their menu link and order. So you don't have to look at a menu. And I presented that to a few folks last year's like, yeah, that sounds great, but you know, The cost and you know people like holding something in their hands but you know a year later a lot of these um, a lot of the rules are disposable menus what are you gonna do and then if you take a look on the other side you know uber eats they're charging uh, all these other companies that have been out there charging 25 30% of uh, the menu item and the uh, restaurant owners don't own their data so we took that platform that was literally in our proverbial garage and now we're we're rolling it out. So if you're a restaurant owner, you, your patrons come in, whether they, they order online or in the restaurant, they download the link or s- scan the, the barcode and the, the menus there on your phone. You make the order, you pay, and then eventually you'll get Am- Amazon-like predictions on menu items to order. So even if you have an idea that didn't take you know don't be afraid to try and just build it or go after it but now you know that was sitting in a garage now a year later we're rolling it out now it's relevant
0: yeah sometimes you shelf things like ideas or certain products or platforms and then the time becomes right so like abandoning it altogether. i mean an idea may be a little ahead of itself and not you know mature yet but Taking it to a mature state, and then when it's ready, if you need to pivot, pivot. But like you said, something has been waiting, and the right kind of climate came about to, you know, release it or make it more applicable, and then you kind of, you know, meet the needs of the the current demand.
1: Yeah, you said pivot, and that's what what we did. And when like, okay, the whole world is shutting down. Oh my gosh, you know, we do something with restaurants, and then as the rules like came out, when the restaurants were beginning to open up. You know, the social distancing, you know, contactless menu. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, you're right. You always have to pivot, pivot to the situation and everything's a moving target.
0: Yeah. And uh, don't be afraid to pivot and don't be afraid to even pivot out of an idea. So sometimes you run with an idea or something long enough and you've had the same result. It hasn't adjusted. You take those learnings and you move or build on it to something else as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely
0: so what's one piece of advice you may have for the audience personal or professional
1: i'd say um do something that challenges you each and every day uh that makes you uncomfortable uh could be um you know both professionally and um professionally and personally i mean for myself during the last two months i i took up painting and 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 read more and then, uh, you know, in my 40s and my early 40s, you know, I took up jujitsu. Now I have my blue belt. And that's when you're a 42-year-old male and you're doing jujitsu and going up against savages, <laughs> the, you know, then in your mid-20s, I, I was very uncomfortable. But um, you learn to overcome and you learn to adjust. I think my mindset was, hey, I'm not going to be an athletic 25 year old that lifts all the time and it works out all the time. But if I can maybe stop them from, if I could, you know, not tap out or whatever it may be, but yeah, just set small incremental goals, you know, for yourself, whether it's, per, you know, professionally or personally. So yeah, do something that makes you uncomfortable each and every day.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of like kind of the greatest innovations also come out of a level of uncomfort because it's not in your traditional kind of, you know, habit. You have to kind of get out of that sometimes to grow or reach a level of success or, you know, founding a company. I think it's getting out of that initial uh, habit because you're afraid the human wants to be comfortable, be safe. And when something is presented outside of that, you start second guessing yourself. And why am I doing this? Sometimes it's a fear. So for me, it's heights and I went skydiving. Sometimes it's something in terms of business, obviously, let's say leaving a full-time job, starting something yourself or pivoting into another role. So all those fears exist, I think, subconsciously, but that biggest first step when you do take it, you realize you know, that fear wasn't necessarily kind of realistic. And you, yeah. you know, nine times out of 10, or a large percentage, you, you get something positive out of it. And if you don't, at least take something and learn from it to apply to something else in the future.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're always learning, you're always growing, no matter how young or old you are.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
1: Yeah, so real uh, simple. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jerry Aviog. at Standard Insights. I should be the only one there, or you can just reach out to me on email. It's j e r r y at standardinsights.io, and I love to uh, sh- sh- you know show you the platform.
0: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.